Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Ki Teitze. It is a continuation of Moshe's great shiur lecture presentation uh, before he dies. It's the second of his three last shiurim, and the theme of this uh, this shiur has been and continues to be the mitzvot. In Parashat Ki Teitzei, Moshe continues on the theme of mitzvot, uh, teaching us quite a number of mitzvot. In fact, Parashat Ki Teitzei has the largest number of mitzvot of any single parasha. Standard count says that there are 74 mitzvot in this parasha alone. Some of these mitzvot have appeared earlier, some of them uh, have not, and in some cases this is, a, this is an expansion of ideas that we have seen uh, elsewhere. Uh, but it is a parasha uh, with many, many mitzvot. Now, seeing connections between the mitzvot is not always that easy, uh, but there are a few themes uh, that go throughout parashat Ki Teitzei. If the previous parashiot, uh, parashot uh, Re'ei and uh, Shoftim, were dealing with mitzvot that in particular uh, have an effect on the, the society uh, at whole, uh, on the whole, or uh, on the leadership of the society, I would say that the major theme of parashat Ki Teitzei has to do with the individual, the individual in the Torah society. Uh, even uh, very great uh, events like war um, don't is not only the uh, purview of the leadership; uh, it also has an effect on the individual. And we'll see uh, some examples of that. Uh, indeed, war is one of the sub themes of Parashat Ki Teitzei. As I said, in particular, how it uh, has an impact on the individual. Some other themes of the parasha are the family, justice, holiness, and sensitivity. Another idea that we're going to see time and time again in this parasha in particular uh, is what I would call the norm is established through the extreme. By which I mean there are instances in which from an extreme case we learn what should be the norm for most people. And I'll try to give you some uh, examples of, of this. It's a, it's a theme that in one form or another uh, goes throughout this uh, parasha. So, uh, we begin with the uh, first part of parashat Ki Teitzei, uh, which might have the, the heading, the family and the individual. Uh, we start off with the case of war, but the impact of the war on an individual, individual people. Uh, the Jewish people take, a, take captives uh, at war uh, because they are victorious, and uh, the Torah says that if among the captives you find a woman that you would like to marry, uh, the Torah talks about how to deal with her, uh, how to give her, among other things, a month to uh, mourn over the fact that she will never see her parents again, uh, and then 
marry her. However, if uh, you decide you don't want to marry her, the Torah goes on to say that one is not permitted to mistreat her or sell her as a slave uh, because of uh, what you've put her through. You just have to let her go. Then, uh, the Torah, continuing the theme of uh, family in another sense, um, deals with the case of inheritance. Uh, when a person has more than one child, more than one son, then the oldest son gets a double portion. Uh, the Torah gives a situation in which a man has uh, two sons from two different wives, and because of his feelings about the different wives, he would prefer to, uh, to give preference to the son of the loved wife, but uh, that son happens to be the younger, says the Torah. No, you can't disrupt the rules of inheritance. You have to give the double portion to the older son, no matter how you feel about his wife, about uh, this, uh, this uh, child's mother. And then finally, the Torah deals with the extreme case of a rebellious son, son who is, uh, who is so rebellious that it's very clear that he is uh, going to continue on a, on a wicked path. And then the Torah says... Uh, that uh, this child is to be uh, executed. Uh, the, the Chazal explained that the actual conditions in which uh, this would take place are so uh, specific that it really uh, could not possibly happen. It never has and, and never would. Uh, but these rules are, are here to teach us, um, uh, just to give us an opportunity to learn, but... I would say it's not only to give us an opportunity to learn about a mitzvah that would not happen, but rather to extract from this mitzvah uh, some very important general rules about the importance of education, the importance of parents uh, being united in the way that they educate and uh, raise their children, uh, and so on. Uh, the next uh, section goes to a great extreme and talks about uh, execution. Um, in, in certain cases, if a person is executed, his body is, uh, is left to hang. However, the Torah says uh, that uh, this, the body must be taken down and buried uh, before it gets dark, because it's a disgrace to the human body, which has been created in the image of God, to be left out hanging. Now, here would be an example of uh, what I was saying earlier about how the norm is established through the extreme. Because indeed, not only an executed criminal uh, has to be buried on the same day, uh, but everyone is supposed to be buried on the same day, unless there's a good reason to delay, uh, usually for the honor of the dead. But the basic principle is that everyone should be, uh, that the body should be buried on the same day. So the Torah teaches this, this norm, this rule, uh, from an extreme case. And we can say, if the body of a convicted uh, criminal, someone who has acted so uh, in such a, a, a wicked way that he uh, is executed by the court. It's execution by, by stoning. Uh, if such a person's body requires burial, so much so, more so everyone else's. So here's an example of what I was saying, how the norm is established uh, through, the, through the extreme case. Uh, the next section in the, uh, in the Parsha uh, has to deal with our responsibility uh, towards the property that belongs to others. And in this context, we learn about uh, caring for a lost object. You find something that's lost, you must return it. Um, and helping uh, others and their animals if, uh, uh, if, they need, uh, if they need help. 
So we have a responsibility to each other in society, not only on a, on a grand scale, not only on the uh, on the national level, let's say, or on the leadership level, but even uh, maybe even especially on the on the one-to-one uh, basis, uh, just one individual helping another person. We have another uh, a number of mitzvot, uh, one right after the other, uh, that uh, it's not always clear. Uh, what might be the uh, connection between them, uh, but I'll just mention them uh, each brief, briefly. Uh, one is a mitzvah that we might say has to do with modesty, namely the prohibition against uh, cross-dressing, men wearing women's clothing, women marrying, uh, wearing uh, man's clothing. Uh, also, sending away the mother bird, that if you come upon a, uh, a nest and uh, uh, out in the in the woods, let's say, uh, and uh, you would want to take the chicks or the eggs, you must first send away the mother bird. Uh, one of the things that the, clearly is being developed here is uh, sensitivity uh, towards uh, towards others. Um, and sensitivity uh, also in the theme of uh, safety, thinking ahead, thinking outside the box, uh, is a theme that uh, comes, uh, comes up. Uh, one, order in the home, uh, has to do with safety, the requirement to put up a parapet, known as a ma'ake, uh, around one's roof, uh, in order to keep people uh, safe, uh, because uh, if somebody goes up to uh, the roof, uh, most of the roofs in those days were uh, were flat and were, were there to be used, uh, so it's uh, easier to fall off, and therefore the Torah says, build a parapet around it uh, in order to maintain safety. Uh, we're also uh, taught about what we call mixed kinds, uh, not mixing together uh, different uh, things that belong separate. Uh, planting animals, clothing, namely to plant certain things together or to have uh, certain dissimilar animals work together or mixing uh, wool and linen in order to produce clothing. Uh, this has to do with a respect, a general respect for the um, for the way that Hashem has created the world. We do have an obligation to uh, try to improve the world as best we can, but we have to realize that there are uh, limits. And then, uh, also in the same context, we have a repeat of the mitzvah of tzitzit. In this part, they're not called tzitzit, but uh, but uh, there is an obligation to place fringes uh, on the corners of our garment in order to remind us of our general responsibilities uh, as as Jews. Then there is a section uh, which I would entitle uh, Relations Between Men and Women, uh, and there are quite a few uh, examples of this. Uh, a man accuses his uh, new wife of infidelity, uh, uh, but it's uh, clear that he is, uh, uh, he is libeling her, uh, and uh, he is uh, both, both punished with lashes and find uh, punishment for adultery if there's an actual case of adultery how to deal with cases of rape and seduction and uh, also how to uh, decide who may marry into uh, the Jewish uh, the Jewish people uh, people with certain physical mutilations may not uh, join the Jewish people may not marry into the Jewish people a mamzer may not marry into the Jewish people and a mamzer is uh, is a Jew, but a mamzer is someone who is the product of either 
an uh, adulterous or incestuous relation as divined by the Torah. Uh, people from Ammon and Moab have certain restrictions uh, about marrying into the Jewish people. They may not marry at all into the Jewish people, but people who come from Edom and Mitzrayim, Egypt, uh, may eventually, after three generations, and these, uh, these different nations are treated uh, differently. Uh, as long as we're talking <coughs> about uh, the importance of the, the camp of Israel, as it were, uh, the, the society of Israel, uh, this either ha- this also has an effect. Um, this also has an effect on the uh, on the extreme camp, uh, namely uh, the military camp. Uh, what ha- what is the right way to behave when one is out at war and conditions are uh, are not the same as one might have uh, at home? So. Uh, the Torah talks about maintaining the holiness of the camp. We'll come back to this idea <coughs> later on. But uh, first of all, there has to be a maintenance of hygiene in the in the uh, in the camp. Um, and uh, because you have uh, absorbed these very uh, important Torah values, um, somebody from outside, a slave. Uh, might run away and want to uh, want, might want to remain among the Jewish people because he's seen the kind of society that you have. So the Torah talks about the prohibition against uh, sending a runaway slave back to his uh, master. Um, uh, we uh, we continue with uh, some other mitzvot that have to do with restrictions placed on offerings. Certain types of uh, offerings may not be brought uh, as a sacrifice in the uh, in the temple. Uh, and then we get into a section of what you might call economic uh, justice. Uh, I repeat of the prohibition against charging interest. Uh, this is a is a very important idea. Uh, also, the importance of honoring one's oaths. Oaths are very often taken in a court situation. Uh, the rights of workers. Uh, how uh, a person in the in the first year of marriage has to focus on uh, on his wife, and he is free from certain uh, community responsibilities. And also, how to deal with collateral that has been uh, placed in someone's trust. Uh, until the end of a, of a loan. The Torah deals with uh, how to deal with the kid, kidnapping, uh, how to, uh, with, how to uh, maintain one's relationship to uh, tzara'at. We've talked about tzara'at before, this uh, disease uh, that uh, brings about changes in a person's body. Uh, the Torah says that uh, one must be careful. And what this means is that course, uh, as we learned in great detail back in Sefer Vayikra, uh, the signs of Tzarat have to be shown to the Kohen, examined by the Kohen, um, and uh, and decided uh, by the Kohen, and uh, you have to follow the instructions. But what we also learn is that uh, one is not permitted to uh, physically cut off those signs of uh, Tzarat. Uh, but rather do what I mean say. The Torah goes back to the subject of economic uh, justice, uh, continuing to talk about collateral, paying workers on time, uh, punishing someone for a crime, and also care for someone who's infor- unfortunate. Uh, 
for example, uh, giving tzedakah, uh, charity to someone who's in need, uh, how to deal with the uh, some something that has fallen, a forgotten sheaf, and uh, leave that for uh, leave that for the poor. Uh, the Torah deals with cases of someone who is uh, given a punishment of lashes and uh, the limitations, how many lashes uh, one may one must give, no more than what the Torah prescribes. That's uh, that's uh, thirty nine lashes. Uh, how to work an animal uh, and uh, not to mistreat the animal. Then we come into the uh, the case of yibum and chalitza. Just very briefly, yibum is the situation where uh, a man uh, dies without children, uh, so his uh, wife uh, is to be married to uh, one of her brothers, uh, and, uh, and if the brother does not wish to do so, uh, so this uh, relationship is uh, disconnected through a process called chalitza. Um, the Torah talks about uh, not embarrassing uh, others, uh, and also maintaining accurate weights and measures. Again, that's uh, business ethics, and uh, but again on a on a day to day basis. And uh, the Torah uh, concludes this uh, parasha uh, with the obligation to remember uh, the the encounter that the Jewish people had with Amalek. In a sense, uh, after we've gone through all of these mitzvot that embody. Uh, Torah values, uh, we have to be aware of the anti-Torah value nation, and that is uh, Amalek. And so we are taught to remember what Amalek did and to set about destroying Amalek. This is known as Parashat Zachor, uh, and we're taught that we are required to read uh, this parasha or hear it read from the Torah once a year. Uh, the, the standard practice that Chazal instituted was to do so before Purim, uh, and that's what's called Parashat Zachor. However, if someone was unable to hear Parashat Zachor back then, and according to many, this uh, obligation applies to men and women equally, uh, so one could fulfill it any time during the year. This year is a perfectly good opportunity. Uh, this Shabbat is a perfectly good opportunity because that's when this section is read. I want to go back to the part of the parasha that talks about the, uh, the, the sanctity of the camp. Uh, the Torah said that uh, when you go out uh, in the military camp, uh, so you have to be on your guard against anything that's uh, that's improper, anything that's bad. Um, again, we're talking about a military camp uh, where conditions are, uh, are are different from the comfort of one's home. Uh, there aren't the, the regular uh, hygienic facilities that you have available at home. Nevertheless, uh, the Torah says, you still have to maintain these uh, values as we're going to describe them. This is yet another example of what I would call the norm being established uh, through the extreme. If one is required to maintain this, uh, even uh, in a military camp, uh, then certainly in uh, the comfort of one's home. Uh, One issue that the Torah deals with is if a person becomes uh, unclean through a nocturnal emission, so he has to stay outside the camp and not re-enter, uh, and then towards the end of the evening he bathes and uh, may re-enter the camp. Um, that has to do with Tum'ah. Uh, also, 
<coughs> we deal with uh, hygiene of a uh, person who needs to relieve himself. So the Torah says, when you set up a military camp, you must designate a place that's outside of the camp where people can use uh, for that purpose, and that everyone must be a, must have among the gear that he brings with him into battle, in addition to whatever weapons and so on, uh, must also have a digging implement, some kind of a spike uh, that one can use uh, after relieving oneself uh, to uh, to to dig and to cover it up. So here the Torah is concerned even with something as mundane as this, but the uh, but the point as I've been saying is if the Torah is concerned with this level uh, of concern and, and, and sensitivity, even under the extreme conditions uh, situation of a, uh, of a war, a military camp, uh, certainly uh, the same thing will apply under other circumstances. And uh, and it has an effect, because what, it, what this will do is it will make the camp holy. As the Torah concludes this section, uh, because Hashem, God himself is walking, uh, moves about in the midst of your camp, in order to rescue you. God is going to be there to help you uh, be victorious in, in the war. And to uh, give your enemies in, before you. So God himself is present in the military camp. And your camp shall be holy. And therefore, uh, So don't let God find anything improper or unseemly among you, because then he will turn away from you. Uh, on the words, uh, takes note of a, uh, what we might call a grammatical anomaly. Um, the word v'haya is singular. The word machanecha is written with a yud, which would suggest that it is plural. And yet, uh, all of the commentaries and uh, the unkulos, uh, targum unkulos, the translation, understand that this word machanecha, your camp, refers to one camp. Uh, and yet, so singular, in other words, in accordance with the word v'haya, and, while we're talking about it, the word kadosh, an adjective, which also is singular. Uh, so it would seem that this word is singular, and yet it's written with an extra yud. And the question is, why? Rosh Hashanah Hirsch's reply is that even though there, is, there are many uh, camps within the, the larger camp, the larger society of Israel, uh, but the goal is to make the entire camp holy. I'll read it to you from uh, Hirsch's words, um, translated uh, into English. What is said here primarily for military camps is of course meant to apply to any camp, to any sphere in which we may temporarily or permanently settle. We are to bear the stamp of a pure moral way of living. All the places where we live, not just our synagogues and schools, are not to lack consecration by thoughts of the mission of our life. And so our holiness uh, as Hirsch is pointing out, is not devoted to one part of our life, let's say only the synagogue, uh, but also the home. And not only the home, but also the synagogue, uh, the place of, of work, the place of business, uh, entertainment, uh, and, uh, and certainly the military camp, the most extreme example of this. If each one of the uh, smaller camps uh, maintains a, this uh, holiness, 
that's reflected in the spelling of the plural, then machanecha, your one camp, the total camp, the entire society, will be holy. I thank you very much for joining me for this uh, exploration of Parashat Ki Teitze. This has been Rabbi Avraham Fisher for Parashat Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.